So we're back with So You Think You Know Sports. We give you weekly updates on things you want to know, like off-the-court stories, game highlights, and all-around current sports knowledge, mostly highlighting NBA, NFL, and sometimes college. This week, we give you the best of the Last Dance documentary of the Bulls, part three and four, the NFL draft, and the big moves that were made during that time, the numbers when it came to viewing the NFL draft, along with the NBA eyeing a time for workouts to continue, and the Ball brothers joining the Rock Nation with Jay-Z. So before we get into it, I'm going to go ahead and introduce the host. My name is Alex and Muhammad. Go ahead and say something for them. Hey, just want to say what's up to all our listeners. Thank you for listening and make sure you also subscribe to our podcast and other platforms, including Instagram and Twitter. Oh, yeah. Run those uh, listens up. And oh, of yeah. Course, get them up. <laughs> along with um, spread the word. Press the follow. Press it twice and then three times if you have to. Um, but uh, make sure you follow. So this week we're going to begin with the last dance documentary of Michael Jordan and the Bulls of the 90s part three and four. Some of the highlights of this part of the documentary, as there are many uh, different parts still to go, was the bad boys Pistons versus the early Bulls and them breaking through to that success to get that first championship. Dennis Rodman uh, becoming a a key piece in the championship from being an enemy with the bad boys of the Pistons who beat up on them constantly. Uh, pretty much highlighting those two things throughout the process and Jordan struggled to get that first championship, but having all the accolades. So we begin to ask, um, at least when it comes to Dennis Rodman is Dennis Rodman, the best rebounder ever. Best rebounder ever. That is a very tough question, but I think he's one of the smartest rebounders ever because he definitely had a really a statistical approach to it or like he, he, he really looked at film and saw how each player, most of the star players, how their shots were and how the ball bounced off the rim. And he will be in the right place every single time, even with uh, some of his uh, questionable behavior. He was always there. You you could never question his uh, mentality for basketball. He he was there every single day to practice and gave 100 percent. And that's what made him the best at what he did. Um, but greatest rebounder ever. I'm going to say one of the best, but no, oh. not 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 greatest. Well, reason why I propose that question, and it's actually not that hard of a question, the answer is actually yes. The answer is quite resounding by the numbers. It's a yes. Um, because you, I don't think there has been anybody more dominant for getting rebounds. You can probably say Shaq, but uh, when it comes strictly to that being their uh, full-out skill, because I'll at least give you, give you the numbers. From 1990 to 1998, Dennis Rodman had the most rebounds of any player each and every one of those years. 
for eight straight years. The only person after that was in 1998 and 99 where Chris Webber had 12 rebounds. And throughout that time, he would average between 16, 14, 16, 17, 18. Eight, two of those years, he was averaging 18 rebounds a game. It, that was complete dominance when it comes to rebounding. And I just don't think of anybody else when it comes to that. Well, I'm, I'm pretty sure that the uh, late, great Will Chamberlain was a very good rebounder, but I don't think they took any – well, that, I mean, they didn't officially record that stat back then. Uh, I don't know. They Along were, with Bill Russell. Um, they were great rebounders, but I'm just saying his proficiency and and his skill for honing that specific thing and for having those accolades, at least when they're counting them, he has it. And it showed the complete dominance of the 90s from 90, 1990 to 1998. Yeah, I definitely have to give it to him. He was one of the best rebounders ever. And that's what he was mainly used for, along with defense and just being a pest and annoying the uh, the great opposing player. And it actually uh, pushes me to the next question, which is about the bad boy Pistons, which Dennis Rodman was a part of, along with being a part of the uh, three championships with the Bulls uh, during another, their second uh, three-peat. Well, I asked. Without the challenge of the bad boy Pistons, would the Bulls have more or less championships during that era? I think that they would probably have maybe just about the same. Um, Because I think getting over that obstacle, really beating the bad boy Pistons, becoming bigger and stronger. uh, Michael Jordan himself, he had to get in the weight room and build his his, uh, strength up because he wasn't as strong. He was a, a little bit more skinnier before they they uh, matched up against the Detroit Pistons multiple times. But once they got beat a couple of times, he knew that he had to bulk up. I, I think that it, it, w- it would have been about the same. There's other challenges besides them because they had to beat the, the Lakers. And the Pistons had beaten the Lakers before also. So that just made them reach another height by beating the Detroit Pistons and being able to beat the Lakers. Yeah. Uh, well, when it comes to this, I, th- I really feel it's a hard question uh, because whether they would have more or less, because it is something about being challenged that instills who they were, uh, especially into their later years where they were winning championships, the, uh, the years with Rodman. Uh, he, he took a little bit of the piece of the bad boy Pistons and added it to the Bulls who were already dominant the other three years of their other three-piece before Rodman. So I would say, oh, I'm not exactly sure. I'm not sure whether competition was that dominant enough around uh, where the Bulls wouldn't have won those championships or whether they would have won more championships because the Pistons weren't there those years they beat them those back-to-back years. Uh, in the playoffs. So, mm, ah, I, I think it's a really tough question, but I'll just even it out between thinking they would get two to say that they would have one more and would be seven rings. Okay, may, maybe that happens, but I, I think it's just about the same. The Pistons just pushed them to another level 
to to harden them to beat those other great teams like the Lakers, who were near the end of their dynasty. And um, I'm not sure about the Celtics. I can't remember. But, yeah, they, they just hardened them to get to another level. They were in the nears also because it's a it you just you can match up uh, Magic and Bird's timeline to a full almost a full degree on uh, when their errors kind of uh, let out. Um, so yeah, it, it was you're you're right in that uh, stance because Jordan, if you I know you probably watched in the documentary, but he had that great game against the uh, Celtics. In uh, I guess the first round, but he got they still got beat. But he scored I think maybe sixty points. Uh, I'm not exactly sure, but I know it was either fifty some a high fifties or sixty point game. Um, but I'll actually move it along. Which uh, talking about the actual error of basketball. So would you rather today's softer brand of basketball or the roughneck time where a fight? could break out at any point during the game. Um, could I actually have it both ways? <laughs> because I, I, I like the the high amount of scoring, and I would like more defense to be played. I don't want every game to be like a brawl where um, somebody's going for a layup and they get thrown out of the air or clothesline or something like that. I, I don't want to see that every single game, but it's good to have variety, mix it up. It'll make it more exciting. Um, I, I, I do like defense to be played, but I also do like some high scoring games back and forth. Um, so I like to have it both ways. I don't know how you have it both ways. That's I, I just don't get how you have it both ways, uh, because I'm guessing you're saying you want the. Uh, I want people to still play aggressive. They, they, play. they still need to make the regular season count. But the way that the players treat it, it seems like the regular season barely ever counts. There's load management and everything is for the playoffs. Yeah. So you're saying so you don't care about for the whole um, bad boy Pistons. I'm going to beat you up in the lane or, uh, yo, if you come down on me too hard, I can push you or I can elbow in your stomach or I can probably swing on you and might not even get a one game suspension. No, I actually do kind of like the uh, bad boy Pistons, but I don't want that every single game. True, but then that, uh, I guess, yeah, I don't, I don't, I guess it is fair game because Jordan had to go against that, um, which I think is still to them in those later years. But um, I would say uh, between the two, I, I, I'm, I'm cool with the soft brand. I'm cool with the soft brand because it's about entertainment. They they've just converted to the uh, the way of the times, and it's about entertainment. We if there's and it's too much publicity and communication in the world where things could really blow up and be in a bad way. Versus those times, it, it's about the outside world, not exactly about what's on the court. Uh, I'm down for I guess them being able to let it out fight and it be over with but the outside world would not let that actually play out well for those actual stars or role models and you know the other things that come along with being a superstar yeah i I agree it'll be a lot tougher to have those things go on in this social media world where everything just spreads so easily but 
if we can have a game here or there, maybe every two weeks or something like that. I mean, you don't plan it, but it just <laughs> happens. I'm I'm fine with that. So some Carl Anthony Towns action. Uh, that I mean, that wasn't much of anything. True. Eh, well, that's that's as hard as uh, basketball gets uh, nowadays. Um, you would never see LeBron in a fist fight. Um, <laughs> just imagine. <laughs> you're just not going to see him in a fist fight on the court. It's just not happening. Um, but I, it actually brings a good question about the whole world of the media that we live in now and what the type of things these stars are held upon at this time. So do you think that Michael Jordan would be able to maintain his popularity in this day's media since he took it so personal when writers uh, in the 90s would go against him? I think that he would be looked at kind of like LeBron, but not as uh, highly looked upon for the most part because – he doesn't really let you get on the inside. I mean, this is probably the, the most inside look that we've had at Michael Jordan. He always has that perfect persona on the outside where he says the right things, but you never actually get to know the, the real Michael Jordan. But, Michael Jordan don't be caring about uh, the perfect thing. You don't think he doesn't? Uh, he just said the dude at his commencement speech into the Hall of Fame I don't even know why Jerry Cross here. I I didn't uh, invite him. Well, you that was said, after. That was after his career. But I, I don't. He doesn't really pull back blows. But that was still after his career. That wasn't while he was playing. True. I, 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 I can think, give you that. I think he I would have more no, of a negative outlook. Oh, so that's your complete. Okay, I thought you were going to say more. So yeah. yeah. I, I actually completely agree about his uh, more negative outlook because he really should have more of a negative outlook. If anything, I felt the documentary made me feel, and this is something obscure from the Jordan and LeBron discussion, I felt, I was like, you know what? Kobe is the better Le- uh, Michael Jordan. He actually has mentored uh, with other people. He's actually... Uh, cares about other people he's actually gets money he actually is in the community he's he's been with one team all his time he's been extra dedicated he's he has the same exact drive like uh michael jordan he's honestly the better uh michael jordan <laughs> are, are you saying from off the court he's better than michael jordan when you put the t- totality of a player because when it comes to that type of drive where I don't care and I'm going to just say what I want to say so that uh, we're going to win, I, I don't really care about your feelings type of thing, was really just between maybe very few players. And that w- and I would definitely put those in the box of uh, Kobe and uh, Michael Jordan was those type of people. LeBron's just not like that. He's, that's just not his personality. So he doesn't fit in that type of type of drive where I don't care we're going to win. I, I don't care whether it's your feelings that I got to hurt. I'm go- We're going to win type of uh, attitude. But when it came to off the court and supporting people he, and doing things he's supposed to do, Kobe did do it. Kobe was a model overall. Other than, of course, the case in Colorado, he had been 
for the most part, a model citizen. He doesn't have a drinking problem. He's not a ga- uh, He doesn't have a gambling problem. He doesn't have all these uh, negative things that are actually downfalls to really what Jordan is, but we like him for the fact that he don't care. Yeah, it's that mentality, the 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 killer instinct that Michael Jordan had, and that's what they use it as a slight against LeBron whenever he doesn't, when, whenever he's not as aggressive in their minds, where he passes up the ball instead of taking the last shot. People are saying like Jordan would never pass it up, or um, he always had to take the last shot. He always had that killer um, instinct. That's what people use to slight other players currently. Well, we literally saw in a documentary uh, he had just to, to win the championship, he had to actually rely on his his uh, actual peers, his other basketball, uh, the other pl- basketball players around his teammates. So I, I would say we learned some things, not a lot that we didn't already know about uh, the Bulls in these documentaries, but it was nice to see. But it wasn't as much insight other than the fact that I felt, uh, I, I guess it is slightly, it made the Pistons look bad. People's mental about the Pistons are already like that. So it's not much new uh, to analyze exactly with that uh, part of the documentary. Yeah, there's not too much new. They, they've already done a full 30 for 30 on the Bad Boy Pistons, which I, I think is one of the better um, 30 for 30s on ESPN. I agree. I agree. It's actually better than this one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I haven't watched it in a while, but it just might be. Yeah, right now, I would say it's better than this one. This one's not, it's not that it's disappointing me. It's just, it's more like a nostalgia type of thing. It's like, I've already seen this. They've already milked this storyline. Like, how many times have they milked the Bulls in many different ways? Their symbols, their the 90s uh, Jordan's uh, dunk contests. It's already been overemphasized, so it does kind of round up to be a better uh, documentary when you don't know everything about it. Yeah, I mean, if you've lived through it, you already know it. It's there's not much new. I don't even think if you had to live through it, it it's still been uh, because Jordan is Jordan and his popularity never uh, waned in this time from his him being becoming popular. Uh, it's just been reinforced constantly over these uh, couple of decades, what it's been about 30 years from the beginning yeah. of it, like the 90, like 1990, because I think they won their first championship in 91. Yeah, it's been all about Michael Jordan and uh, nobody being able to be compared to him. Yeah, of course. So um, but we moving on to football where there was the NFL draft and a lot of nice picks and moves happening uh in this three-day event well a couple of highlights from that first round and uh other interesting moves in other rounds uh but main highlights were Tua to Miami as a lot of people felt uh would happen and the whole tanking for Tua I guess worked out um in a way because they didn't start they did go away from tanking but then we have Jalen Hurts to the Eagles, which is questionable, uh, with them having uh, Carson Wentz. And then you have Burrow to the Bengals. You have Justin Herbert to the Los Angeles Chargers. And you have the 
Jordan Love to the Packers. Uh, so they're looking at possible replacements for Aaron Rodgers, along with C.D. Lamb, the receiver to the Cowboys, along with the Cowboys gaining four defensive players. So, quickly, whose first-round pick of the 2020 NFL Draft is most likely to translate translate to wins for their team? I think that the C.D. Lamb draft pick will probably translate to more wins for the Cowboys, mainly because it just adds to an already potent offense that did well last season. Dak had his best season ever as a quarterback for the most part, um, but the team still ended up being 8-8. Eight and eight. But I think that they'll be able to score at uh, a very high level, and um, they're, they're a threat to score a touchdown on any drive. I can I can definitely agree there. I think their whole uh, setup um, of gaining four defensive players and that wide receiver was very great moves by the Cowboys in this draft. Um, but if I, I just want to go maybe against that, I would say it's Tua in Miami. It's a great feel around that. And I think overall Miami is better than expected even when it came to last year because even when they started to lose – they couldn't even lose sometimes. So it, it I think it's going to be very great for that division, especially since uh, the New England Patriots have been weakened. Uh, their best player is Julian Edelman, and that does not add up to Super Bowl. Uh, no. <laughs> and they really did. They, they didn't do much in the draft to help that case, really. <laughs> yeah, so... I agree. I, I, I had to look twice when I, I'm not sure, but I think it's an offensive lineman, but I'm not exactly sure. But I saw that your first round pick, the Patriots, had uh, a guy from Lenore Rines. That's a, a lo- more of a slightly more local college in uh, North Carolina. But I don't know. I just didn't see first round pick being from Lenore Rines. Well, he, he was actually the first pick in the second round for them. But um, he's a versatile player. Uh, he can probably play multiple positions, which Bill Belichick really likes. Um, I, I think he'll be good, but it's not going to be a huge difference maker to propel them any further than they were last year. Okay, yeah. So um, overall, who do you think won the draft in a quote-unquote way? Who won the draft? Um I'm going to have to go with the Cowboys. I, I think they did a great job at drafting. Um, hopefully everybody that they drafted does what they were uh, projected to do, along with uh, with C.D. Lamb, the defensive players that they picked up, because they really do need to do better on that side. Overall, I think they had a great draft. They just need to put all the pieces together, and that preseason Cowboy hype will finally come through. I, I, you know what? For once, I actually believe the same way. Um, and it's not a lot of hope you should invest in the Cowboys because they constantly disappoint. Um, so, but in this case, I think they really have the pieces that could uh, possibly add up to Super Bowl. Um, that of course they're going to have to fight against other heavy favorites right now, as in the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the. Uh, 
the Chiefs, but they wouldn't have to deal with the Chiefs when it comes to the playoffs until it would be the Super Bowl if they made it there. Uh, so real competition right now in the uh, NFC East. Sorry, not the NFC East, but just the NFC. It's going to have to be Tampa Bay and possibly some other strong teams, even uh, maybe even the Saints. Yeah, the Saints are definitely going to be there. They'll be good. And I want to give a honorable mention to the Ravens because they they did very well. They upgraded on receiver, which is going to really help Lamar Jackson. And they're going to have a great season again. Yeah. So I think it was a pretty well uh, done um, draft overall, even when it came to technology wise, which we'll uh, view after this next question. Um, But does the Jalen Hurts pick make sense for the Eagles seeing they just signed Carson Wentz to a $100 million deal? And this is uh, one of the first, I think this is the second year in the deal and or does the Eagles Eagles have other plans for Jalen Hurts? Now, I want to start off with saying that I really like Jalen Hurts. Um, I think he's done very well. And uh, I think he is a starting quarterback in the NFL. But this is a terrible pick for the Eagles. I don't know why you would pick him when you have a franchise quarterback. At, at least that's what they treat Carson Wentz like. And you, I mean, you draft a quarterback in the second round. Um, I know he's pretty versatile. He can run really well. Um, he can probably catch, but that's not that's not what he wants to play. That's not he, he doesn't want to be used as a gadget player. He's better than what um, the guy from the Saints, Taysom Hill. He, he's better than him. Uh, it, I, I just think it's a bad pick, and it sends the wrong message to your team. Agreed completely agree. Everybody kind of agrees on this being a bad uh, pick. And it's not due to the pick not having talent. It's just simply it not being a great fit or along with, like, it doesn't make sense. You don't instill confidence in the quarterback you have and you you don't even send the right message to Jalen Hurts because he has no idea what you have plans for him now because he doesn't have a hope for being the starting quarterback even if he competed for it and uh, did better there's pretty much not many cases other than uh, Carson Wentz getting hurt for him to be that starter yeah um, I, I don't know if it's because they just don't have confidence in Carson Wentz staying healthy but even then let, let's say Jalen Hurts comes in and plays for Carson Wentz if he gets injured do you go back to Carson Wentz just because you paid him a whole bunch of money? Or do you uh, keep Jalen Hurts in if he's doing well? It, it just creates so much controversy that the the pick was not justified. Agreed. The only way this makes sense is as a tradable piece. And I'm not sure how that works when you draft and then you do you just automatically trade. I guess you just automatically trade because you people do that uh, during the draft process. And even after that. Um, but I just would say if they're smart, they find a team who is extremely interested in having a starting quarterback um, or at least in the slight wings to become the starting quarterback, and they give you a great piece like a receiver. 
that makes even less sense. Why would you draft him in the first place? <laughs> only because he was available. That's the only thing I can. That's the only excuse I'm accepting out of them that makes sense is because, you know what? Dang. Wow. I didn't really scout him, but I on the low. I saw him uh, before now and he's a great talent. He might be a great tradable piece. I can't believe he's still on the board. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and get him. You know, now I have him. So now what do I want in the NFL right now and what teams may be possibly interested? Now, he, smart person would probably be surveying the audience for who actually would want that pick, uh, want him, and they can give you something you, you actually want. But I think they're rarely playing uh, free and loose with the Eagles in their picks. I don't know what they're doing, but um, I think Jalen Hurts is a starting quarterback in the NFL. Now, if Carson Wentz wasn't there, I'd be fine with that pick. But with Carson Wentz being there and you just paid him, it just makes no sense. Yeah, I, I completely <laughs> agree. Um, nobody, honestly, nobody wants to see him lined up at receiver, halfback or anything of the sort. No, not at all. I, I want to see him as a starting quarterback, not all over the place. Agreed. Agreed. So uh, going into the technology about the NFL draft and how it actually was a quite success. And uh, actually the most viewed NFL draft ever with 55 million total views over the three-day event. So is this view, these viewing numbers due to signs of the time or one of the more talented draft pools of players? I think it's a combination of both, but mainly the signs of the times because a lot of people were starving for sports and the draft just give, gives them something to look at and hope for in the future because it really seems like the NFL is going to go on with or without fans. They, they don't care about, um, well, I mean, they, they do care about the virus, but um, they still want to get out here and make this TV money, if anything else. They're not going to miss out on the season. Um, I, I think that this draft, it it also had some funny moments outside of just the, the hope for uh, football. You got girlfriends being pulled off of the players. Um, <laughs> one of the players, he snatched his phone back from his girlfriend. It, it, they just had a lot of funny moments. I, I can agree, and it is the sign of the times. Uh, I like the draft pool, but maybe that's just due to wanting to be interested more in the draft uh, this year. This year, um, but with all of this, what they were really selling, and you you said it a lot, they were selling hope. They were selling hope that things are going to be okay, and there's actually actually going to be some football played when it comes to September and the times when it's to actually see football being played. We're still selling hope. We don't really know whether world and everything in sports will continue in the way they were going to continue. It could be a hiatus for two years. Who really knows? But. In this case, I say they were selling some really great hope packaged for your individual team. <laughs> yeah, um, I I think they did it really well. Um, it, actually, this was the first time in a long time that I watched the draft fully 
Oh, I mean, for the most part, I, I didn't really watch the, the third day, but the first three rounds, I, I watched all of it, and it was highly entertaining. Just seeing the commissioner just, uh, as every pick went by, he started eating more and more of the candy and just relaxing and sitting down. Like, he he was just tired. That, that was a lot of entertaining moments. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting. To be real, uh, some things have clearly changed about how we all are viewing life with this because a lot of people are now having to be let into their homes. It's almost a requirement at this point. And it makes it more personal when you're uh, in their homes and you get to connect with the people around. Like you have those funny moments, like you said, with uh, people grabbing phones, people saying, no, don't come hug him. Don't be in the picture. Um, people being snatched off of people because there was a girlfriend snatched off of a, a boyfriend who had just been uh, drafted. So, yeah, there were many funny moments. You got it a little bit more than what it was before where there were big drafting parties. And, of course, we're supposed to be under this 10-person rule. Yeah, I think the rest of the crowd was probably behind the camera or something in most of those places, uh, in, in those homes. They, they probably did have more than just 10 people. They just, for, for the TV, for the cameras, they just hid behind it. Yeah, um, so they want to look responsible. They probably sent out a letter. I bet you, I bet you there's an email out here somewhere to all the uh, draftees, hey, don't have more than this amount of people on camera. Because it just looks bad for the NFL. There's no way everybody actually passed that test uh, in the NFL. And when it kind of looked like everybody did, it looked like they had under 10 people. Oh, yeah. It, I, I think everybody had under 10. Um, but so we I also there's an email out there. There's an email out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, just to comment on what you were saying, seeing inside other people's houses, we got to see some of the coaches' houses, like uh, the coach for the Arizona Cardinals and oh, yeah. uh, for, for, for the um, what's his name for, for the Rams. Those dudes. See Bill Belichick's. Oh, oh. Yeah, <laughs> it just looks like he's got an old person house. But oh, God. Um, the, the, the other two Where's guys, all the money? They, I mean, he's cheap with paying. So, I mean, he's probably going to be cheap with what he lives in. But with the other two guys, uh, the younger coaches, they have bachelor pads. They have these amazing looking houses. You know, Jerry Jones had to show out. On his yeah, yacht. he was on the yacht. <laughs> yeah, you know, but he made some good moves on that yacht. I guess he he found this group, and you know what? It sets up the perfect combination so that if they do make it to the Super Bowl or win the Super Bowl this year, he can say it was all off of his decision making because he did not allow other people to be in the decision making of uh, drafting this year. Well, I'm pretty sure his son was involved in it because I, I think he might be the general manager or something like that. They might have been texting, but. I'm pretty sure I think I saw a special or a comment uh, where Jerry Jones said for the drafting uh, um, department to leave him alone, that he would be drafting alone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, he, he wants that credit. Yeah, so he, that's, you know, that's one reason why it ended the era of the 90s of the dominant Cowboys. But that's another story for another day. Uh, but talking about packaging hope, uh, the NBA is eyeing a May 8th return for workouts and practice facilities. So I'll ask, are we at a point where players and coaches 
coaches are ready to risk it all. I don't think so. I, I don't think they are completely ready to risk it all. They they see that the numbers, I mean, they're, they're still kind of high, but places are really apprehensive on letting their facilities be open. Um, that, that's why they push the date back. I, I don't think they are completely ready. There's there's just so many factors that have to be dealt with that it, it, it just seems like I don't think the NBA season will return. It, it's just hard to see it. They just might have to go and start with the next season. I completely agree. I've actually come to terms with it not continuing because if I had hope that there could be a championship with LeBron and everything, even though I don't think all things would be fair at this point anyway, any parts of the NBA wouldn't be fair uh, because a lot of players haven't gotten any access to any basketball and it takes, it's different when it comes to leading to a championship. So any results we would have would be, uh, with the side effect of the corona uh, around it. But outside of that, I varied the hope for the NBA returning. Um, and, yeah, I, I agree. I don't think they're ready to risk it all. But on a side note about the corona and kind of relating to this, we're getting to a point where we will get to a point, even though it has only been a short amount of time, and it's the fact that there's a low amount of deaths uh, compared to the amount of people who who contract the virus, that people are making the decision whether to live with the virus, uh, just knowing that it will be out there and take their chances, or stick to the quarantine. And we might get to a point where some people refuse to, where some people are following the rules, they continue just making it longer and longer, or you never really know how that uh, affects spreading of the disease. But as you've seen with the opening of Georgia, they're making decisions on whether they're just going to live with the knowing that they can get it. It's just that some people are going to be unlucky. Yeah, it's it's going to be just so hard to get things started back again, um, even outside of sports. Just getting back to work is it's just going to be so hard. So many factors. But I mean, we'll, we'll see as time passes. Yeah, I, I agree. And this May Ace is, uh, I, I definitely don't think that's happening. But maybe, 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 maybe. It's, you can't, can't uh, stress how much people are starving for sports. My, me, myself, I bought a basketball goal just because it was a month since I actually got to play basketball. All courts are in public places like that are shut down in the city. So I bought myself one and I spent hours outside because I thirst for that type of competition or at least uh, exercise. It's a, yeah. it's a way to get out. Yeah, you, you got to get out and, and get some fresh air. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely advise that with people because it is great weather. And that's actually what's testing people, whether they're going to be following these stay at home orders. People are itching to be outside as we did have a somewhat long and bad winter, but it's now great weather, but you can't be outside. It's a complicated situation, <laughs> but I'll, I'll move on to our last subject. Oh, actually the second to the last subject, which is the ball brothers. Um, so made famous by their father, LeVar ball, um, but also due to their, their talents and different degrees, 
in the NBA, Australian leagues, and high school and things like that. Uh, their popularity over the media has happened over the past couple of years. If you do not know a back history on the Ball Brothers, there are three uh, that are in the popularity uh, scope, as I think there is actually four in total. But now you have Lonzo Ball, who is a current NBA star for the Pelicans and used to play for the Lakers. Uh, you have LaMelo Ball, who will more than likely be in the top five pick in the NBA draft this coming year, if not number one. And you have Leangelo Ball, who has been in some action in the G League and may make his debut in the NBA uh, along the way here, as he has also been somewhat above average for uh, playing basketball. But these Ball brothers will be signing representation agreements with Jay-Z's agency, Rock Nation. So, I ask, will this investment by Jay-Z pay off in the long run? I think that, yes, it it, it will. Mainly for the younger Ball brother, because it, it, it seems like he's going to be a pretty good prospect, and he's just been uh, already playing in a professional league, and, and he already has some of that that professional experience. I, I feel like he's probably going to be the most prolific player uh, when it comes to the, the ball brothers. Well, it, it's really going to boost uh, Jay-Z's brand of the rock nation when it came, when it comes to sports Lonzo, I think he he's good, but he's not living up to what his projection was. Um, it, it doesn't look like he's going to be uh, anything like Mag- magic Johnson was trying to get at. And then the the other brother, he's in the G League, so I mean he's not going to be that much of a uh, a big player. So I think for in the long run, it's going to pay off the most with the youngest brother. Um, is it Leon? No, is it Lamelo or Leangelo Ball? Oh, <laughs> uh, Lamelo's the youngest. Okay, yeah, it's yeah for Lamelo, he will pay off in the long run. Okay. I can respect that, but I think Jay-Z is going to go two for three on this one. Uh, I think uh, Leangelo is a constellation prize, and his contract better be drawn up different from the other other, uh, brothers. It's just the way the money goes. Um, uh, Who cares about age in these situations? Because I think LaMelo is the youngest, uh, Leangelo is in the middle, and LaVar is the oldest. So... Lonzo, uh, I think he's going to hit his stride with Zion and with Brandon Ingram. And that's just going to be a very good base for the Pelicans that will get him at least semi-popularity. I don't. I think that alone gives the investment uh, to Jay-Z. Because that just referring to this question. Now, whether he'll be ever be an all-star, that's a whole other thing. But he'll at least have enough popularity and he'll be around enough things and a part of those things that it will be a great investment for Jay-Z's Rock Nation. LaMelo, he's definitely going to be a great investment. He might mess around and be your next Steph Curry out here. So that's, that alone is going to get get a lot of money. Now, Leangelo is simply a slight risk. We all know why, because... Uh, of the whole thing where he stole, I guess, some sunglasses from a place, and I, I'm not exactly sure where it, he did it. Uh, it was overseas, but 
that I think that's what's going to happen. He Jay Z is going to go two for three and signing these three brothers. Yeah, I can agree with that. Lamelo Ball will, will will carry most of this. He will do most of the heavy lifting. Um, Lonzo, yes, he he's going to be paired with Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson, so he'll be around some popular players. And Leangelo Ball, he's probably he probably finessed some of that money in the contract just being associated with the Ball brothers. And LeVar Ball, the father, he was probably the one who had some type of talks in this uh, in this contract. If you if you take one of the brothers, you got to take all of them. Well, maybe it's the brothers looking out for the brothers because I don't know why, but it seems like LeVar Ball really was the master mastermind. He has a certain type of touch that he puts on. Uh, making his boys uh, recognizable, and he said uh, Lonzo was going to go to the Lakers, and he went to the Lakers. He said they were going to be in the NBA, and they're going to be in the NBA. He said he a lot of the things he's done, he's been very brazen about, but he's also backed off recently where he has a lighter hand when it comes to his voice. Yeah, but um, he he's still around. He he's definitely still oh yeah doing his things shadows. behind closed doors. Yeah, he in the shadows. So if he ain't in the room with Rock Nation, he's still in the room. Yeah, you know, can't get rid of, <laughs> get rid of uh, LeVar Ball. Not that yeah, easily. Straight OG, straight Shug. But uh, we'll move to the last subject, which is uh, about a great signing, which was Jameis Winston. We are kind of rooting for him, uh, both of us, Muhammad and me, as uh, Jameis Winston is signed with the Saints. And to be, of course, their backup. So I'll go ahead and ask, do you see Jameis Winston being a suitable replacement for Drew Brees when he retires? Yes, I I definitely do see him being a suitable replacement, mainly because uh, their head coach is a great offensive play caller. He has so many offensive schemes. Um, I think he's a part of that same coaching tree that came up under, I think, Bill Parcells with Bill Belichick and Nick Saban. Um, I might be wrong with that, but I know he came up under a pretty good coaching tree. And uh, I think he will most likely not put Jameis in situations where he has to throw the ball so much. He's going to cater the play calling around Jameis to uh, limit his mistakes and turnovers, because that's the biggest thing about Jameis. He just like he, he can't get the game started until he throws an interception or uh, turn the ball over with a fumble. But I think Sean Payton, one, one year with him, and uh, maybe, I, I mean, I don't want to wish this on Drew Brees, but maybe something like how Teddy Bridgewater came in and uh, Drew Brees maybe misses like a, a game or two and he gets to try it out. That may be the best thing for Jameis. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I just have, I guess, a lot to address in that, but not too much. So you're saying with uh, Jameis, pretty much, he's like the kid who only plays well when he gets mad? Um, I, I'm not sure what you mean by that. Like, you know, the the kid who only plays hard in, uh, in, in any type of game until somebody bullies, bullies him the wrong way. So he throws an interception, so he's ready, and he's pumped now to play. Um, I mean, I, I guess. I mean, <laughs> that's not really what I was trying to say about me <laughs> well, or whatever. Well, okay, I'll I'll go off of that point. Well, 
with Jameis being there, I think this is great. Uh, he's going to be very familiar with the NFC uh, South as he was just competing against Tampa Bay. He's going to know some of Bruce Arians' uh, play calls. He is the quarterback. He was supposed to be the commander of that team and was fully let in and probably always about the uh, playbook. That is going to work to the benefit of the Saints, especially when they have to go against each other in the same division. And uh, this kind of quote-unquote super team is being formed and with Tampa Bay. Uh, actually, I didn't even uh, interject, but it is some rumors of uh, Antonio Brown signing with Tampa Bay eventually here. Uh, so we'll, I guess we'll cover that more when there's more solid uh, evidence on whether that's going to be. But I would say, yeah, Jameis is a great suitable replacement because Drew Brees we say we would all say has max two years. It was already debatable whether they were going to sign him back this year. He has two years max and Jameis can sit around and fill in as much as possible or even get a nice ring on the backside in this position. It's not as much pressure. Yeah. Um, I think w- with the, uh, with the bucks, he definitely had a lot of pressure. Um, He's the number one overall pick come out of college. Did win a national championship with Florida State, and maybe the, the pressure got to him. He but, was the face I mean, of he, the franchise. Yeah, he was the face of the franchise. But I have to come out with a, a counter argument because I mean he he kind of was turnover prone in college also. So I don't know what it is with Jameis. I just hope he does better. I think the I hope is something I really, really hope uh, we, one day we have a 30 for 30 with him and it, or not. It could be us, but <laughs> and there's one out there where he got LASIK and out of nowhere, he's just a great, amazing quarterback because he did get LASIK this past uh, um, not a couple months ago before Corona. But um, and I hope that just puts his uh, level of not throwing interceptions and being great on the offensive end uh, over the edge and possibly get something like a Cam Newton year. I think the main problem is that the Bucks didn't have much of a running game and the offense was catered to deep passes all the time and taking chances. And he, that just was the, the worst mixture for Jameis. Yeah. A lot of taking chances. Um, Tall receivers, but a lot of taking chances. But I'll actually move it in uh, along. And the last thing, which is why hasn't Cam Newton been signed? I'll just leave it like that. He hasn't been signed because he's damaged goods. Um, nobody knows what Cam Newton can bring to the team at this point. Um, people probably think that since the Panthers are moving on from him, it must be for a reason. Uh, and they, they just don't know what he can bring to a team. And also they see that there are a lot of other younger quarterbacks coming up out of college that are pretty talented and don't have any shoulder problems or that the history of injuries. So they'll probably take a chance on a younger quarterback who they don't have to pay as much and just see what they can do with them. So when it comes to that, I think he's not being signed. Some of the same exact reasons. Um, I think it's hard to assess what you're getting with him because they, the Panthers haven't, haven't even known 
for about a year, year and a half. Uh, nobody's fully tested that out. He did pass a physical. Um, but especially in this Corona time, I don't think they're willing to take that risk as they most everybody else, the audience out here is going to look at the move being for him being a starting quarterback, whichever place he gets uh, sent to. Yeah. Um, people are saying that the Patriots might sign him, but I'm not sure exactly what Bill Belichick wants to do. It seems like he, he just to wants to run the ball and play defense, but I, I don't know. I would, it'd be smart for them to take the chance. Yeah, I mean, if he wants to be competitive, but I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it seems like he's not trying to be. But, yeah, <laughs> well, of course, you know, he does. They they tend to still be competitive. And uh, we go into the last part, which is about the move by the Packers, as Jordan Love was picked by the Packers as Aaron Rodgers has been clearly their franchise player. So what is the message that the Packers organization front office saying to Aaron Rodgers? You know, the thing that Damian Lillard says whenever uh, he's pointing at his, his wrist is yeah. it's, it's time. It's father time. Aaron Rodgers, he's I thought that he had a an above average year, but not the the type of year or type of play that we're used to seeing from him. The team did do pretty well. They got to the NFC championship game, but got blown out and they just see that there's a lot of potential in this new quarterback, Jordan love. He's a gunslinger. They say he's kind of like Patrick Mahomes, but I mean, you never know. Uh, They just see that Aaron Rodgers, he just doesn't have that much time left and they want to move on pretty soon oh so they're brett farving aaron Rodgers. uh in a way but brett Favre was more inconsistent with his decisions they didn't know if he wanted to retire or stay true but that's that's brett Favre. i think uh brett Favre is even held in a little bit more light than aaron Rodgers in his totality so far uh in the nfl um there's a little bit more nostalgia to brett Favre, but I'm saying, yeah, they're Brett Farving Aaron Rodgers. Um, you know, that's when they started to get close the past, like, couple years where Aaron Rodgers is not in support of him bringing up another quarterback in the wings as he, the same situation happened with Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers for a couple years, uh, which caused conflict. So I would say... Uh, the Packers are just trying to be the Patriots. They're trying to trying to get rid of, uh, possibly get rid of, or have a replacement for uh, a player before they expire. Well, this this isn't a possibility. This is going to happen. Whenever you trade up for a player in the first round, a quarterback is it, it's inevitable. Yeah. So um, I, I guess they're looking at that if it's not Super Bowl this year. Um, they may trade him while he's worked a lot and get other pieces. Move on. I say they trade him right now. This is the best wow. time to trade him right now because they didn't do anything to add to their offense. There, there wasn't much that they did. Really, they, they had a subpar um, draft besides, I, I guess, drafting a quarterback. But I don't know about him. Um, they, they should trade him right now. 
And if I, if he was to be traded, I, the only place I'm thinking right now I would be kind of nice to see him in at is the Raiders. Or maybe even San Fran. That's actually a better move. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure San Francisco will be open to that because they were open to getting Tom Brady just for a second. The, the GM said that they were thinking about it but never went through with it. So I, I think the 49ers would definitely be open to that. But another team I would think of is the Panthers if they didn't sign Teddy Bridgewater. That's where all of the older quarterbacks are anyway, so why not join? True. I definitely understand that. I, I, would under, I was actually thinking that maybe, but they've committed to their, their timeline and the, and the things they want to do. And I don't even think they want to even think of that, possi- that type of possibility because they've already made their choices. You, you mean the Panthers? Yeah, the Panthers. They're like They would definitely love to entertain that when that option was around when they were making that decision with Teddy Bridgewater, but only thinking about it now would cause them pain. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I, I want out. I, I definitely want out. True, but I, I wouldn't be ready to move. Uh, so at least give me one more year of pouting and then get me out of here. Uh, no, get me out of here now because you clearly <laughs> don't want me. You clearly I, don't want me. You just traded up for a, a, a quarterback in the first round and you didn't get any offensive talent. True. Well, that is very true. That is very true. Maybe there's a separate uh, mindset between their quarterback and the front office, as it actually is very clear. So, uh, And this has been So You Think You Know Sports. Uh, like always, the last part is trivia. Three questions, all multiple choice. Uh, Muhammad comes up with the questions. I try to answer them and give you any type of information about it I may know. Uh, so I guess we'll go ahead with the first question, Muhammad. All right. Which of the following colleges in the Power Five conferences had the most selections in the 2020 NFL Draft? A, LSU, B, Alabama, or C, Ohio State? Hmm. That is very interesting because I'm actually torn between two two teams because I actually don't think it's Alabama, which is the normal favorite for drafting uh players into the NFL. I really think it's between LSU and you said Oklahoma was the other team, right? No, I said Ohio State. Ohio State. Sorry about that. Ohio State, which Ohio State has has some really great players also. Um, But go ahead and repeat the question and answer again, Muhammad. Which of the following colleges in the Power Five conferences had the most selections in the 2020 NFL draft? A, LSU, B, Alabama, or C, Ohio State? Mm. I'm really torn between those two, between LSU and Ohio State, but I'm going to guess and say LSU. That is correct. So they had 14 in the NFL draft. Mm. They had a good big. Yeah, they, they were pretty stacked this year. They just won the championship. It's voting very well for the LSU players as the number one pick was an LSU player, Joe Burrow. Yep. So number two, who is the current coach of the Cleveland Cavaliers? A, Michael Malone, B, Nate McMillan, or C, J.B. Bickerstaff? 
Yo, this is so hard, and that's crazy. <laughs> I can't even think of who the Cavs uh, head coach is. That's crazy. I oof. Yeah, you you caught me up like you thought you would. Uh, <laughs> Just take a wild guess. Who knows who the Cavs coach is? But uh, you can repeat that one more time because I'm definitely need to hear those names again. All right. Who is the current coach of the Cleveland Cavaliers? A. Michael Malone. B. Nate McMillan. Or C. J. B. Bickerstaff. Hmm. I'm trying to think whether I anybody name was familiar and it's very 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 low on familiarity on these names if i guess i'm it's a pure guess i'm gonna go with b that is wrong Uh, what you've heard of nate mcmillan before i felt like i did (laughs) oh yeah i mean he he is the paces coach but it's jb bickerstaff Mm. i was kind of looking for his real name but i mean those are two initials. I don't know what the JB is. Yeah, nobody would have known anyway. <laughs> <laughs> nobody would have known. But yeah, you go ahead with that last question, Molly. All right. Which of the following pro soccer players has never been on the FIFA video game cover? A. Ronaldinho. B. Neymar. Or C. Cristiano Ronaldo. And you said FIFA? Yep, the okay. FIFA covers. Okay, I know which one. I think I didn't know which one. But uh, I guess go ahead and repeat the question and answer again. These are very great uh, players, and I, Lionel Messi is actually my favorite soccer player. All right, so which of the following pro soccer players has never been on the FIFA video game cover? A, Ronaldinho. B, Neymar. Or C, Cristiano Ronaldo. It is A. Ronaldinho. Uh, That's wrong. It's oh. Neymar. <laughs> oh, you said Neymar. You know why I said I said Leonardo Messi? Why am I like I completely? You didn't even say Leonardo Messi. Nope, not at all. <laughs> I don't even know why I was just hearing something different because I would have definitely picked uh, Neymar. But, yeah, that's me. I don't know. I was just hearing what I wanted to hear. <laughs> but uh, I guess I got one one for three on that, man. Maybe I'll do better next time. But uh, this has been So You Think You Know Sports. See you next week.